Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode from Avondale Baptist Church. We are so happy to be sharing the Word of God with you and hope that this message is a blessing to you. And now, here's Brother Richard. Right? There is power in that blood. Working power. Working power. Power that is still working now. And my prayer is that you are experiencing his working power. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter your circumstances. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross and that blood that he has shed for you and for me, for us, there's power. So whatever the fear that the enemy has instilled in you that is keeping you from experiencing that power, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Because it's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. We're going to continue our our series called The Masterpiece. And we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4. Starting in verse 1. But let me get there real quick. And I like to start off with a question. How I normally do. I want you to get engaged. And and I've learned that when people ask me a question and I really ask myself that question, it it just it really it just does something. And we're going to talk about growth, how God calls us to grow. He calls us to, to grow in our relationship with Him, our relationship with His Son, and even grow that we can use our gifts for His glory and for His honor. See, our maturity is measured not by our gifts, but how we love God and how we love others. Our maturity level. Maturity means that we're growing. We're getting old. And as we all get older, we see changes in our body, right? A lot of times they're not good changes. And I experienced that yesterday, and I've been experiencing every Monday for the last two or three Mondays. We played softball on Monday nights, and I was telling Coach Gary, I was like, if you don't need me, I was trying to give him the hint, hey, if you absolutely don't need me, it's okay. I will sit the bench. No, you go in. You go and play. And I'm like, my knees were killing me. My knees, I had a... They were just hurting. The next day, they were really hurting. Yesterday was kind of my Sabbath. It's very hard, should I say, to really keep a Sabbath, to take a day off. And a lot of you have told me, have talked to me and said that I need to. And I was like, wow, this is Saturday. I'm actually off, and we got nothing to do, and uh, I, I, I have a... 
uh, Zoom meetings with other pastors uh, in other cities, and we kind of just encourage each other and, and stuff, and, and they were asking me, what, what's my plan? And I said, man, I am going to do nothing Saturday. I'm not going to set the alarm. I'm just going to be in my pajamas all day long, okay? And I had that plan, right? Told Becky, told the girls, hey, don't wake up. We don't have anything to do. Don't not set your alarms, nothing. You know, we're just going to enjoy the day. Saturday morning comes. We woke up. It wasn't too late, but it was later than usual, but it felt good. Becky cooked breakfast, made some bacon and eggs. And, oh, it was so good. And, man, we're like, what are we going to do? We got nothing to do today, you know? I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to go check on the cameras there at the, my dear lease. And they're like, I'm going to go with you. Man, let's go. All right. You know? And, uh, well, we need to go to the tractor supply, get some dog food. And so we go in there. And by this time, it's 11, 12 o'clock. And we go into tractor supply. And I put my truck in park. And next thing you know, I'm, I see my temperature gauge is going. Going. It's in the red. I'm like, oh, my God, what's, what's going on? I heard it been turned it off, and I was like, oh, no, what's happening and all this? And I get out of the truck, both me and Becky, and we notice that there's just antifreeze just spewing out of my radiator out there at Tractor Supply. I was like, Lord, I was, I, I was already, I was already, my Saturday was already spiraling down. Enemy was already attacking. Becky was like, Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to trust you, Lord. We're, and I, I'm over here like, how am I going to afford this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to, we, you know, Becky starts work tomorrow. She needs a car. I got my job. I got, you know, so many things. I said, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. Let's go to Tractor Supply. Let's get some dog food, and we'll figure something out, you know. And I go in there, and get, we get dog food and everything, and, and we see other people from church there, and I was telling them about it, Michael Hamilton. And he's like, man, he says, I texted you because, you know, we, I, I gave him some, they, gave him some, some furniture. And, and, and I was like, dude, I can't use my truck. Like, I, I know I said that we could use my truck and trailer. I said, but, man, my truck is down right now in the parking lot. He's like, no, no worries, no problem. We already got a truck. We already got a trailer, everything like that. And he said, man, we'll follow you home. I said, all right. But in my mind, I was like, is it even going to make it home? So I bought some water and filled it up, turned it on, and whew, took off and made it home safely. And, and uh, sitting there pouting, sitting in my recliner. And, and I would be lying if I told you that I, I felt like everything was going to be okay. I wish I could sit here and say, man, your pastor was strong. He just laid hands over it, prayed over it, and then all of a sudden it just got fixed, but it didn't. Your pastor was sitting there in the recliner crying <laughs> inside. I was like, Lord, like seriously, how are we going to do this? It's Saturday, no telling how much it's going to cost, and I'm just sitting there. and I'm like, there goes my Saturday. There goes my Saturday. I said, you know what, I'm going to look at YouTube videos. See how to, how to do it, and some of them look pretty tough. Then I found one video, and I was like, you know what? I could do it. I think I could do it. 
But then I was like, Lord, I don't want to spend five, six hours, eight hours underneath my carport, underneath my hood in the heat. Like, this is supposed to be my day off. Why are you not blessing me with my day off? And then I was like, well, I'll take it to the mechanic, but then they've been busy. How long is it going to take? And, and just something just inside me just says, you, you need to get up and do it. So I called around, and they had the radiator there in stock, and I went and got it. And I wasn't going to ask for help. I was already, my better half already knew that I was already getting in that mood. It was already hot. And... Uh, she graciously comes out there, starts helping me. I don't know why she's helping me. I don't, I don't need help. I got this. You know. Becky helped me probably within an hour and a half. We had that old radiator out and had the new one in. No problems. Amen. An hour and a half. That's all it took. I just had to get up and I had to do it. I had to have faith in what I studied, what I saw on video, and I had to have faith that, hey, I can do this. And I know that I could probably do it on my own, because originally that's what I wanted to do, was just do it on my own, like a lot of us. But Becky, God sent me a helper, a wife, a mechanic. Four hands are better than two hands. We got it done. See, there's a, there's a point to this story, church, is that a lot of us, we go as far as, as reading. We go as far as praying. We go as far as watching other people, but we don't take that step of faith and says, okay, God, I'm doing this. Not, not realizing that when we take that step of faith and when we say, okay, it's time to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. Sometimes we think that he left us out there to be alone. Just like he has given me Becky as my helper, he gives all of us a helper called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is what guides us. The Holy Spirit is what leads us. And that's all we have to be willing to do is just walk by faith, not by sight. And this is what exactly what Paul is saying here in Ephesians. We've talked about in, uh, and in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, Paul is talking about the, the doctrinal truth, the truth of, of his grace and of his love, that his grace and his love is, is for everyone. And he wanted to get this straight, that you need to understand, first of all, how important unity is within the body of Christ. Unity. And then now he's moving on into chapter 4 and chapter 5 and chapter 6. Now he's talking about the application. It's time for us to get moving. It's moving from what God has done to now what we should do. He spoke about in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 what God has done. Now we're coming up to now what we should do. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and love you Woo, for who you are, what you have done, and what you are going to do. 
Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to your people this morning. That you would speak to them in a way that we begin to not just be hearers, but we want to be doers. We want to be in the game, Father God. And so, Father, I pray that every single one of us will be encouraged this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So Ephesians 4, you hear that? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's still raining. Amen. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4, chapter 1. Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit, the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each, to each of us, one of us, grace was given according to the measures of Christ's gifts. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captiv- captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measures of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for edifying of itself in love i know that's a lot we're going to try to break that down for you but in these passages paul encourages us his readers to believers to the church to continue to grow okay we see that repeatedly he wants us to grow what does he want us to grow in he wants us to grow in our character in one through three he wants us to grow in our gifts 
He wants us to grow in the knowledge of the truth. And he wants us to grow in love with one another. So then my question to you, church, is how's your growing? How are you growing? Are you growing? Are you growing? See, a lot of times we we like to use salvation as a get out of free card, get out of jail free card or get out of jail free card, you know, the Monopoly game. Once we get that card, hey, I'm not going to get locked up anymore. And so many times we say, you know what? I just want that get out of jail for free card. That way I know I'm okay. But we are not growing. We want to stay back. And there could be a lot of reasons why we don't grow. It could be fear. Fear is a very big one. Fear of what God has for us. Fear of relationships. Financial fears, physical fears, health fears, so many different kinds of fears. And I was told the other day that there was, how many times in the Bible does it, does it speak on fear? 365 times. So there's a Bible verse on fear for every single day of the year. What does that say? It's not uncommon for man. It's not uncommon for us to be struggling with fear. But I want you to know that we have to have the understanding that that kind of fear does not come from the Lord. It doesn't come from the Lord. And when we understand that, things start to change. When we start having that confidence, See, he did not give us a get-out-of-hell-for-free card just so that we could go on living whatever way we want to live and not grow. And not grow any more than just not even no, not even no more past our conversion. God's idea of saving us is to transform us. To transform us from the inside. He wants to transform us from the inside out so that we can continue to grow in our relationship with him. And if we have never grown, then we need to ask ourselves, church. Do we really know him personally? Do we really know Jesus Christ at a personal level. We continue. Colossians 2. Verses 6 and 7. It says therefore as you. Received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk in him. Rooted. 
and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See, when we receive Christ, we should want to walk in him. We want to know about him. And I've said this before that when me and Becky first started dating, I wanted to know everything about Becky. I wanted to know what kind of food she likes. I wanted to know what kind of guy she likes. And back then, she was only interested in guys in Mustangs, and I didn't have a Mustang. And so I had an old 1986 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. It was a good car. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to spend every minute of every hour with her. And I did. I did. And you could probably think back. Maybe it's your relationship with your spouse. Maybe it's a relationship with your kids. Or maybe it's a relationship with your grandkids. Because I'm a granddaddy now. And that relationship that I want, I just want my baby to know grandpa. I want that baby to know everything about grandma and grandpa. And the only way to be able to do that is if we're constantly in her life. And see, we have a father that desires that relationship with every single one of you. He has that desire to be, he wants to be your personal God. And he wants, he has that desire, he wants that, he wants your heart. And it's that transformation, as we talked about, as Paul is saying that, it's a transformation that happens within, and then it comes out. I think of the Transformers, not, 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 not the cartoon or the movies, but I'm talking about the Transformers that are on the power lines. They're called Transformers. And I always wonder, what is going on inside of those Transformers, like, it has to be some powerful stuff because those transformers are supposed to receive the electricity and those transformers do whatever it needs to do on the inside for it to be out and so that it can send that electricity to the building or to the place where it needs to provide electricity. And we just experienced our transformer not too long ago. It went out and when it started going out, lights started flickering. The electricity started getting shut off here. And when we called and they realized that it's the transformer. See, when we are not being transformed and constantly allowing the Holy Spirit inside of us to do a change where we are doing we are being blessings to others. We are serving others. We are loving one another. We are edifying the church. When, our, when we are doing what we are called to be doing, we are constantly being that transformer. But when we're not serving anymore, when we're not praying anymore, when the lights are just flickering, our flame inside is just flickering, there's a problem. There's a there's a problem there, and you have to realize that, hey, what's not right? What's going on? That spiritual gauge is alerting you. Hey, 
Just like that heat gauge on my truck was alerting me, hey, there is something wrong with your truck and it's getting overheated. You need to pay attention. Church, the God is telling us, hey, where are you at in your life? Where are you at in your walk, in your relationship with Christ? Are things not going right? Are you being, have you been so far away from God that things are just not going right? And God is telling you, pay attention to your spiritual gauge. Come and look at your spiritual gauge. What is it? Maybe you need to be in time with, with, with Father. Spend time with His Son. He wants a continuing transformation. And when we start doing that, when we start having that continuing transformation, we're going to be growing exactly what Paul is saying here. Then he mentions, he talks about gifts. Paul mentions the gifts as given by the grace of God and reminds us that our purpose, your purpose, is to prepare God's people to serve. See, not, not to prepare God's people to sit in the pews. Not, not for God's people to just sit at home and not do anything. No, we are to prepare one another to serve. And he tells us, tells the readers the, to that we need to be sure to grow. Grow in our character And we need to be instructing each other to walk in that humility and that gentleness. To to walk in that peace and that love. But that's not focus more on our attention on our gifts and talents. But let's focus more on our character See, it's our character that deserves most of the attention. Because why? Because when our character is ready, God will provide, will give the grace for your gifts to grow. When our character is ready, God will give the grace for our gifts to grow. How is our character now? I've said this before. When if, if I tell the girls to go clean up your room and, and it's really messy and y'all need to go in there, y'all need to go clean your room. They come back 10 hours later. Hey, did y'all clean up y'all's room? Well, no, not yet, Dad. We haven't cleaned up our room. But let me tell you something. We, we, we researched on how to clean up our room. We Googled the best way to clean our room. But not only did we Google it, but we studied it, right? We studied on how to clean our room, the best practices, the best way, you know, to we want to be really thorough in our cleaning, and we studied everything. For the past 10 hours, Dad, we've been studying on how to clean. And, and then Ellie comes and says, and we went even further than that. We studied it in Hebrew. We studied how to clean our room in the Hebrew language. Am I going to be impressed? I will be impressed a little bit. But the point of the story is you didn't clean your room. And that's what God is saying. Sometimes we'll be like, I went to church. I went, 
I read your word, Lord. I studied. I, I went to conferences. I went to Bible studies. But are you doing? Are you being doers of the word? And when we start seeing that, we begin to grow. We begin, our character starts to change. And then when we start seeing that, our character is, is getting ready. And the next thing you know, we start seeing and experiencing God's grace. Woo! Man, we'll start seeing and experiencing that our father, my father, is being pleased with me. Is he pleased with you? When, when the father looks down and he sees you, is he pleased? Man, if it's yes, you keep going. But if you have any doubt, there's good news. It's good news because it doesn't matter. He still loves you, and he gives us these opportunities to get back on track. And so, how can we measure? One of the measures of our maturity is knowing and being confident in his truth. Just like Paul says that we don't need to be tossed back and forth like the wind. That we don't need to allow the wind. We got to make sure that we have deep roots, that we are grounded. That we can be confident in the truth so much that we are not being confused by every kind of false teachings. We have to know the truth for ourselves We have to know the truth. That means how? Coming to church. That means fellowshipping. That means praying. That means reading your word, reading the word, reading scriptures, meditate on the scriptures. That's how we start becoming, knowing the truth. That's how we become God's people, knowing the truth. Proverbs 3.26 says, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Oh, there's a lot of us. Well, the enemy just wants to trip us. Right? He just wants to, you're going good, but then you're really not sure. You're maybe that confidence level is kind of have brought you down. And whatever it may happen, maybe it's the confidence level of, of where you need to be in life or maybe where you need to be or at your work or in your relationship or even in your faith. And the enemy just comes and he just, all it takes is just one big toe to trip you. Right? Paul says we can't be that way. We have to continue to grow. We have to continue to know, have the confidence in the truth. And the Lord will be our confidence. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not for I'm with you. Just that alone right there should, should take care of everything. Fear not, I am with you. He says, be not dismayed, for I am your God. He says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Those are some comforting passages. 
But sometimes we just lose that confidence. And I want you to be confident this morning that you can leave here knowing that God is with you. That God is the one that's keeping you up. That it's God that's going to keep you from tripping. It's God that's going to keep you from falling. See, Paul uses one of his favorite metaphor. And he uses it by comparing the church to a human body, right? We're in this together. When one church's member is hurting, we're all hurting. When one church member is rejoicing, we are all rejoicing. We are. When a body of believers is hurting, we're all hurting. When a body of believers is rejoicing, we are all rejoicing. And I'm talking about all, the church, us. We are the church, not Avondale. We hurt, we grieve together, we experience joy together, we celebrate together. It's what our motto is, living life together. This is not a game where it just requires one person. It's a body. It's a team. Right, Tate? It's a team. It takes all of us. It takes all of us with our different gifts. It takes all of us to start functioning as a part of our body. It takes all of us to get plugged in. I'm closing with this. I asked you, how's your growth? Are you growing? And if you could sit there and you could say, yes, I'm growing. Let me ask you this. How's your serving? Because that's one way that we can see growth is happening because you are serving. your serving we have opportunities throughout this community to serve at different capacities we have wonderful food pantries we have wonderful clothes closets we have wonderful programs that helps people with jobs we help we have wonderful programs that have, have help people with uh, their finances we have wonderful programs here even within our church. We have a men's ministry. We have, uh, we had VBS that just, uh, we just finished up. And we have, uh, now we are having these committees. Maybe God is calling you to serve on a committee. Maybe God is, is, is asking you to serve on the prayer chain, to be a prayer warrior. Maybe God is calling you to maybe help at the life house. Maybe God is calling you to come and worship here at Appendale. 
are we being true and are we growing and are we serving? Many Christians today say, I hear this all the time. I hear this all the time. Ah, but I don't have to go to church to worship God. Yeah, you really don't. You really don't. But we go to church and we congregate together so that we could be better Christians, so we could be better followers of Jesus. That's really why we come. Because he said it from the very beginning to what? To equip the saints. To equip the saints. And that's what we do when we come as a body of believers. We're equipping each other. We got Sunday school teachers that are equipping the little minds. We got teachers equipping the youth. We got teachers equipping the adults. Those are equipping of the saints. Maybe you're not called to be a teacher. Maybe you're not called to to be a pastor. But every single one of us is called to do something. Every one of us is called to do something. See, in order... To be the kind of person that God wants us, wants you to be, we need a dynamic fellowship. We need dynamic motivation. We need dynamic inspiration of the people of God. But not only do we need it, you and I and us should be willing to come, to serve, and to give to someone else. It's that transformation. It's not just about me. And it's not just about you. It's about being conduit of God's blessings, conduit of God's word, conduit of his hands and feet and serving. So as Gary comes up, and I ask that you just begin to, to pray and ask, Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do, Lord? Do you want me to join Avondale Baptist Church? And if the answer is yes, then I encourage you to, hey, take that step and come out. If the, if the Holy Spirit is asking you to be part of this, a committee to serve, hey, Let's do it. Come and speak to me. Maybe the Lord is just asking you to just help in the youth, help in the, in the, in the Sunday school class. That's another way to serve. But I tell any church that he's asking us, he's requiring of us to do more, to serve. So what is it that the Lord has for you? I'm just going to ask everyone to stand. And just with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, the first thing is that we have to take that step of faith of knowing Jesus Christ. If you have any questions, any doubt about your relationship with Christ, would you raise your hand? 
Because that's the first thing, is we need to start there. And if you need me to pray for you, for your relationship with Christ, I will. But please, raise your hand if you do not have a relationship with Christ. Okay? Maybe you do have a relationship with Christ, but you've just been stagnant lately. You've just been sitting on the bench, but you feel like the Lord is calling you to do more. You just don't know where to start. If that's you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you don't know where to start, if you don't know what to do, okay, you can put your hands down. I see you. Father God, I just lift those ones up right now who just lift their hands, Father God, that you would speak to them in a mighty way. Keep any kind of distractions away from them. Father, is it is it to serve in this church? Is it to serve in this community? Whatever it is, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would speak to them right now. Speak to them in Jesus' mighty name. Maybe you've just been in the wilderness and you just need prayer for healing. You need prayer for uh, just brokenness. Maybe anxiety, depression keeps popping up in my mind. If you're struggling with anxiety, depression, any kind of brokenness, raise your hand if that's you. Okay. Father God, I'll just pray for those ones who just lifted their hands. I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever it is that they're going through, whatever is going on in their minds, whatever is going on in their hearts, Father God, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray that they would experience your love, they experience your grace. Father God, that they would walk out of here with a renewed, refreshed spirit, Father God. I pray that they would walk out of here encouraged, knowing that they are loved. Father, I pray. I pray that there's someone here that is disgusted on how they've been living. And they feel like they cannot be forgiven. Father God, I pray. I pray for that person. Surround your loving arms around them, Father. Let them know that you love them. There's nothing... There's absolutely nothing that can keep us from receiving your love and your grace, Father. And I pray for that person that that is feeling that way, that they know that you love them. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for this message. And I pray that every single one of us will take part in your kingdom, that we would take part in your body. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would continue to grow. That we would become more mature in our faith. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for allowing us to be here and worship you. Father, we thank you for the rain and the moisture. Father, I pray that you would just continue to watch over us, guide us, and protect us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Father God, for this wonderful message. We pray that it has been a comfort and a blessing to our listeners. Thank you for taking the time to join us here at Avondale Baptist Church. Until we see you again, 
always remember, Jesus loves you.